Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian, philosopher, and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. One thing you are probably aware of is that uh, much of L. Ron Hubbard's research into the mind, life, and organization has entered the culture in the seven-plus decades that his material has been available. I've overheard people in coffee shops in heated discussion asking each other not to, quote, push their buttons, end quote. I have seen, quote, ethics officers, end quote, posted in Fortune 500 corporations. I've had employees and companies that have no awareness of Hubbard management at all tell me that something is, quote, not their hat, end quote. So these terms have clearly entered the business vernacular. I have had this experience more than once of attending seminars delivered by those who do not credit Mr. Hubbard with versions of the tone scale, uh, the organizing board, the affinity, reality, and communication triangle, always, I must add, always badly altered. But wouldn't you expect something with this degree of workability, such as the Hubbard management system, wouldn't you expect it to permeate society at some level over the decades? Of course it does. It is, however, more than a little off and dishonest that A, the data is altered, and B, the true author of the data is not given credit. Now, one of these items is Mr. Hubbard's description of what he refers to as the three conditions of existence and the relationship between them. Now, the term condition is used in a slightly different meaning and context than from what we've been using before. We've been using condition as an operating state when we describe the condition formulas in earlier podcasts. If I look at this in an English dictionary here, we have several definitions of the word condition. There is, of course, the state of something with regard to its appearance, quality, or working order. The wiring is in good condition. This would be a description of the word condition when we say non-existence, uh, normal, danger condition, etc. Right? But There is another definition, which is a state of affairs that must exist or be brought about before something else is possible or permitted. So the example they give here uh, is just a random dictionary I chose. Uh, For a member to borrow money, three conditions have to be met. So they're defining conditions as something that must exist in order for something else to be uh, possible or permitted. Okay, so that's the term we're using here, using it in that context. Mr. Hubbard describes three conditions of existence. These are the three conditions that must be there for existence to exist. (laughs) How's that? So knowledge of these three points is so crucial to your success and expansion. I could easily have made this episode, episode one, volume one. But I wanted to confirm a couple of things, which I have now gotten around to. And so now I'm prepared to relay this data to you. All right. So first, let's cover it for Mr. Hubbard. In 1956, Mr. Hubbard writes in his book, The Fundamentals of Thought, and now I quote him here. There are three conditions of existence. These three conditions comprise, make up, constitute life. They are be, do, and have. The first condition of existence is being. So, uh, just as an aside here, obviously, without any being, there is no existence. So obviously, this is a condition of being. You know, we're not even being, then there's no existence at all, right? So being is obviously a condition of existence. So he goes on to say this. 
Being is defined as the assumption, choosing, of a category of identity. It could be said to be the role in a game. Here, Mr. Hubbard is likening life to a game, which it is. If you look, about, if you look at it, it has the same component parts as, as a game. He goes out into that in much more detail in this book. But, uh, you know, there's purposes, there's barriers, there's freedoms, there's things that you're seeking to achieve. It's a game. And the more you view it that way, the more successful you're going to be at it. But this isn't on that particular subject. We're just talking about be, do, have for now. So goes on to say this. An example of beingness could be one's own name. Another example would be one's profession. Another example would be one's physical characteristics. Each or all of these things could be called one's beingness. So there you are. You see an individual. He has a certain job. He takes on a certain appearance. That's his beingness. Takes on a name takes on certain identity, and he's assuming a beingness. So he goes on to say, Mr. Trevor goes on to say, quote, beingness is assumed by oneself or given to oneself or is attained. For example, in the playing of a game, each player has his own beings. So there you go. So beingness can be causatively attained. You can strive towards a certain beingness. You can be presented with a beingness. You can be made to adopt a beingness, I suppose. But uh, He says, beingness is assumed by oneself or given to oneself or is attained. All right. Now he says, the second condition of existence is doing. Can you imagine existence with no doing? Everybody's being, but nothing's happening. There's no doing. So that's not existence. So it is one of the conditions of existence. There's got to be some doing going on, right? So he says, the second condition of existence is doing. This is Mr. Hubbard. By doing, we mean action, function, accomplishment the attainment of goal, the fulfilling of purpose, or any change of position in space. That's from Mr. Hubbard. So you see a change in space, something's happening, somebody's doing something, or something's doing something, there's a change of position in space. You know, you, you watch a car, you know, and it starts at one end of the street, and it's going on to the other end of the street, somebody's doing some driving in there, right? Or the car is doing some moving in there. Maybe there isn't even a driver in there. Maybe it's just rolling downhill. But there is doing going on. And that's one of the conditions of existence. Mr. Robert says the third condition of existence is havingness. By havingness, we mean owning, possessing, being capable of commanding, positioning, taking charge of objects, energies, or spaces. The essential definition of having is to be able to touch or permeate or to direct the disposition of. Now, Ron Hubbard. So you have now a third condition of existence, havingness. There is a beingness going on, there's a, or there's a beingness there, there's a doingness going on, but there's no havingness, there's nothing to experience, there is no product, there's nothing to stand on, that's a form of havingness, because you're able to reach it, right? You're able to touch it, you can permeate it, you can direct the disposition of things. Do not confuse havingness with ownership in the typical economic or commercial sense of ownership. Because you can have somebody walking through a public park who's obviously having it. They're experiencing it. They're touching it. They take charge of it. They can command it. They can position it. They can position themselves in it. You don't necessarily have to have a legal deed to be able to have something, such as a park or a mountain or even a house. 
I've seen people be perfectly comfortable in somebody else's house and have it almost sometimes even more than the individual who owns it does. You know, they're experiencing it. They're enjoying it. Maybe the guys whose house it is, according to uh, some document somewhere, he doesn't enjoy it. He hardly even sees it. He, you know, it's, it's a wreck. It's falling apart. He's not controlling it. He's not uh, commanding it. He's not taking charge of objects or energies or spaces. Maybe he hires a, you know, a cleaning lady to do it for him, but he doesn't command it. He can't fix anything in it. And it sort of runs him. You know, you can have this, don't get having this and uh, ownership confused by any means. Uh, they are not the same thing. All right. So, um, so Mr. Robert goes on to say this, the game of life demands that one assumes a beingness, very important this, this next sentence, the game of life demands that one assumes a beingness in order to accomplish a doingness in the direction of havingness. So a guy says, you know what? I'd like to have a car. You know, a teenager says, you know, I'd like to have a car. And um, I think I know what to do. I'll, uh, I'll beg Pop for it, you know? So he begs Pop and he begs Pop and he begs Pop and Pop says, heck no, I'm not getting you a car. Uh, maybe if you do some of the chores I've asked you to do around here, uh, you could, uh, maybe I would consider it, you know, after a period of time, we can make some agreements on that. And you say, well, okay, let's put this in writing. <laughs> no, you don't usually do that as a teenager, but you, you come to some sort of an agreement with pop, right? That if you do certain things, you can have certain things, but you know, some, somehow when you do the things like, you know, you're mowing the lawn, but it's sort of a lousy job and you know, you, you know, you're tidying up things or doing whatever he's asked you to do, but you do it sort of not very competently, not very joyfully, not very effectively. And dad, you know, pop just kind of goes, you know what? Deals off. Uh, whenever you mow the lawn, I got to come back and, and mow it anyway. So you're not really doing what I've asked you to do. What's the missing piece in all that? Well, kids not being oh, gosh, I guess in order to do, I need to be a dutiful son, you know, and I have to be, you know, somewhat of a professional in these things and whatever, you know, he describes with him, to himself, this is the beingness that I must assume to accomplish the doingness that dad is asking me to do so that I can have the things that I want to have. So that goes back to the sentence, okay? The game of life demands that one assumes a beingness in order to accomplish a doingness in the direction of havingness. And then Mr. Robert goes on to say, these three conditions are given in an order of seniority, importance, where life is concerned. Huh? Really? What without would make beingness the most important? I thought havingness was the most important. Where's my car? Where's my big old house? Where is that, um, you know, whatever it is I got to have so that I can tell everybody I am? You know, so I can show everybody that I am. See? See this house? I am. See this car? I am. No, no, it doesn't work like that. The most important is B. Oh, but look at what I do. You know, I'm this fancy pants lawyer uh, that does all these cases, and I do all this, and I do all that. And yeah, man, where's your beingness at, dude? Ask him sometime. Hey, how do you feel about your beingness? My what? You know, you're a very successful lawyer, got a big old house, you do a lot of cases. What do you be, dude? What do you be? This is the most important. You know why? Because at the end of this cycle, that's all you got anyway, isn't it? 
when you split, you know, uh, and, and, and wrap up this uh, lifetime and go somewhere else, wherever you consider you might go, what are you going to take with you? Who you are. That's what you're going to take with you. That's the only thing you're going to take with you. You're not going to take anything that you, quote, have. You're not going to, you're doing this. You're not going to bring any doing this along with you. What you're bringing is you. Beingness is the most important, by far. He says, these three conditions are given in an order of seniority, importance, where life is concerned. And by the way, I have to make this note. I do not see enough priority given to beingness, by and large, by most of my members. Not all of them, by any means. But I will tell you this. I have noticed that the members who do give adequate priority to beingness, in other words, they're working on themselves, they're enhancing themselves, they consider how they are doing and their personal and spiritual welfare as being senior. Generally, the doingness emanates quite naturally from that level of beingness, and the havingness just follows. You know, I've often said, uh, if you've listened to episode 50, you know, on uh, establishing your basic purpose, which is very important. Uh, what is your basic purpose? This is a, a form of beingness and identity. I am here to accomplish this. That is my, I adopt a certain beingness to accomplish a certain purpose. And uh, the more you are true to a true purpose, uh, the more your beingness is sort of aligned with that purpose. Uh, strangely enough, the doingness and the havingness sort of just seem to follow quite naturally, quite easily. So anyway, I'll repeat that. Worth repeating. These three conditions are given in an order of seniority, importance, where life is concerned. The ability to be is more important than the ability to do. The ability to do is more important than the ability to have. What's more important? The ability that, you know, to have a house or to be able to make houses. I don't care how, you know, my house burned down. So what? I'll make another one tomorrow. It's like no big deal. Why? Because my do is awesome. It's just awesome. I know my do is, I got my do down, right? So never have to worry about have because my do is like, you know, Make a couple million bucks, lose a couple million bucks, make a couple more million bucks. Why? Because I know how to do it, right? That is more senior to have. It's not like I have $2 million in the bank. (gasps) Please don't touch it. Please don't spend it. Please, no, no, come and get it. You know, it's like, that's not as important as the ability to just do it. And you don't then have to freak out about it. So uh, where were we? Okay. So the ability to be is more important than the ability to do. The ability to do is more important than the ability to have. In most people, all three conditions are sufficiently confused that they are best understood in reverse order. When one has clarified the idea of happiness or possession, one can then proceed to clarify doingness or general activity, and when this is done, one understands beingness or identity. It is essential to a successful existence that each of these three conditions be clarified and understood. The ability to assume or to grant, give, allow beingness. Listen to this, okay? says the ability to assume or to grant, give, allow, beings is probably the highest of human virtues. You know, your, little, your, your daughter comes in, son comes in, you know, hey, daddy, blah, 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 whatever it is. I need this. I need that. I want to show you something. Kind of busy, honey. Is that granting beingness? Or the, or the wife wants to tell you her, de- her day or the husband wants to tell you about his day, you know, and the wife goes, Wait a minute, before you go on about your day, let me tell you about my day. You know, no, why don't we start granting beingness to each other? Like some person walks into your store, how important are they? They're darn important. They're not just important because they walked into your store, they're important because they're important. Grant them beingness. And you'd be surprised how the world treats you uh, when you can do that. He says it is even, this is the last sentence in this particular chapter of the book, he says it is even more important 
to be able to permit other people to have beingness than to be able oneself to assume it. Now, Ron Hubbard, that's crazy. It is even more important to be able to permit other people to have beingness than to be able oneself to assume it. So as important as it is to uh, assume beingness, it is not as important as the ability to grant it to others. Think with that. All right. So these are the three conditions of existence. And while uh, the first time I hear Mr. Hubbard going into this is from a lecture from 1952, in that lecture, he expounds on this subject so deeply that he was obviously researching this for many years before. Now, this is where I get a chance to set the record straight, because I've heard people tell me that be do have is practically, you know, quote, common knowledge, end quote, that others have been teaching it, quote, for years. I, I guess this justifies them teaching it without credit to Mr. Hubbard, but I can tell you something. That is, I'm searching for the word. What's the word for it? Most words I would use are too vulgar, but the concept is so vulgar it deserves such a term. But I will refrain from recording it. I did a little research on my own. The be do have, quote unquote, be do have model, as it has been laughingly called, has been taught by a sales trainer, Zig Ziglar, who started delivering sales training seminars in 1963. I don't know that he talked about Be Do Have in 1963, but that's when he started uh, doing his you know, motivational talks and so forth and writing his books. Zig Ziglar, never heard of him, look him up. Baba Ram Das, a guru of modern yoga, psychologist and author. He refers to it in his first book is published in 1971. Uh, Tony Robbins, you all know who that is. He quote unquote teaches it, but he wasn't even born until 1960. And Stephen Covey, who picked it up and ran with it, he published his first book in 1989. All right, so these are all supposed sources of the subject of be to have. I have found no one who predates Mr. L. Ron Hubbard on this data and this relationship. And I'll tell you something else. No one has even remotely approached the levels of ramification of this data. In other words, all the many, many common experiences that is associated with these three conditions of existence, including such minor things as the cycle of action, the emotional tone scale. We're going to do a lot more podcasts on the tone scale, but you know roughly what that is. That's the scale of human emotion from body death and apathy all the way up to enthusiasm and exhilaration. And there's all these, it parallels that. It even parallels the life cycle of birth and death itself. And Mr. Hubbard goes into this in many, many areas. No, it's the way this has been relayed by others. It's like taking the wisdom of the universe and using it to sell jelly beans. That's about the size of it. And one could do a hundred episodes on Be Do Have and not run out of material. So, if you want my advice, you will learn about Be Do Have from the source, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard, and not by any malarkey that, quote, this has been around for ages, end quote, and quote, everybody knows, end quote. This is a very deep and pervasive datum discovered and researched by Mr. Hubbard and deserves that respect. It is not some fancy quote, model, end quote, to assist some slick cat in building a following or to teach some sales gimmicks. This is the real deal and should be studied thoroughly for its application to all of existence. Anyway, I do want to cover uh, one, uh, quite briefly, actually, because we're coming to the end of this podcast episode, one article from Mr. Hubbard. It's dated the 13th of November, 1970. It's entitled Planning by Product. And here he goes into one aspect of this, and I just want to cover it with you because it's very important, and I think it will really help you today with your business. And uh, so what he says here, one of the cycles or correct sequences of action is be, do, have. This sequence is often altered in orgs, remember, orgs for organization, 
This sequence is often altered in orgs and even in individuals. Be as first in the physical universe, do as second, have as third. By getting it out of sequence, a considerable confusion can be generated. You run into this a lot with guys who feel like they have to have a bunch of stuff before they can do anything or be anything. You know, you put a person onto their job and they want to have a big computer and a fancy phone and they want to have, you know, uh, a nice suit and they want to have a special car and they and all this kind of jazz of having to have before they can do. Those who study the hover management system speak derogatorily of the person who has to have before they can do. And that is not uncommon. Uh, you know, if I only had all this, you know, you got to have money to make money. This other malarkey. Boy, I'm, I'm falling into a lot of malarkey with this one, aren't I? But um, yeah. But, you know, that's just not true. You know, you can do without having. It's doing that creates having. But the thing that people miss most commonly is, yes, it's wrong to have to have before you can do, but you also, it's wrong to do before you can be, because be is the first. So then you say the person has to have before he can do. What about the guy who has to do before he can be? You got to be. That's first. As one of my heroes, Muhammad Ali, once said, you know, I was the greatest long before I knew I was. You know, that is, that's a pretty great example of be, do, have. You know, the guy knew uh, who and uh, he was, and he knew what he had to do to have what he had. You know, and that's a great uh, example within our living memory of, uh, of a champion, an extraordinary human being who obviously had some concept of be, do, have. And then you have the other guy who just never seems to get anywhere because no one's going to give him a break. No one's going to give him the have. And he's not quite willing to do, but he feels he deserves all the have in the world. And, you know, and then there's guys who go around and sell all kinds of answers where you can have all this stuff without doing anything. Uh, that's one of the, the slickest pitches, and it runs through uh, various communities at different times. You know, anytime you hear about something that you can have all this stuff with doing very little, be wary of it and ask yourself, what's the beingness here that they're asking me to adopt? You know, it might not be such a great beingness. Might, you know, that's what a criminal is. That's a beingness. You know, I want to have all this stuff without doing anything. So I'll go rob a bank. You know, that's the wrong beingness. So um, very, very important to understand this sequence of me to have. But he points something out very interesting. He says, you have to do an org board backwards. Now, if you haven't studied the org board, uh, there's a, an episode on it called What is an Org Board? You might want to listen to that one and study the references connected with that. There's also another one called Are You Spiraling Up or Down? I think it's called. I can't remember what I called it exactly, but that's also on the organizing board. And the organizing board is a layout of your sequences of production, your cycle of production, in other words. so." You are taking it from be through do through have. If you look at your organizing board, it aligns to the be do have sequence. He says you have to do an org board backwards, establish the product have, find out what to do to achieve it, and only then really can you accurately discover what one has to be to accomplish this. So what's my beingness? Well, don't just randomly select it. Figure out the have, figure out the product you're trying to produce. I love you know, what, I, what I'm really into is saved lives, you know? It, it's like rescued, you know, beings. That's my, that's my trip. That's my high. You know, when I, when I look into their eyes after I've saved their lives, you know, that, that's, that's all the havingness in the world to me, right? So what do I do? 
I pull people out of burning buildings. That would be a great way to get that hat. I guess I should be a fireman. You see, the, you get the idea. You work it backwards from that. Now, now you can happily study and operate, but your beingness is there. From your first day walking in to fireman college, you're being a fireman. And you're doing the things you need to do to be to create, to create the havingness you are seeking. So what is your havingness? What is your, uh, I don't want to call it your addiction, but in some ways it is. I mean, uh, it's easy to get addicted to, you know, helped beings, salvaged beings, people who are now living happier, more fulfilling, better lives. That's quite a havingness. Feels pretty awesome to produce that and to do that. And the beingness that goes along with that is a beingness well worth uh, striving for in my estimation, but that's perhaps a little more private, but you just get the idea, right? And whatever that is, you know, you're, you're having this could be, I don't care what it is, you know, big old ranch. You know, and, and with lots of, you know, cattle, lots of nature, there's nothing wrong with that as a happiness. That's what I want to have. Good. What do you got to do to do that? Well, you know, I got to, you know, I got to set up a farm. I got to learn how to take care of, uh, you know, animal husbandry. I have to learn how to fence and, uh, you know, build fences and use my, my body. I guess I'm going to need a pretty strong body to do that kind of stuff. So now I'm getting a good idea of my beingness as a rancher, you know? So, uh, that's how it works, folks. Uh, no matter what, if you look at it, whether you want to be a good husband, you know, you work it backwards from the product. What do you really want in that relationship? What do you got to do? And you'll figure out your be, you know, be a, a good, uh, girlfriend. You know, what does that mean exactly? Be a good, uh, son. How do you work out the, the beingness of a son? Work it backwards from the product. What do you want? What's a product? What's a havingness you're seeking here? And then what's the doingness? And then you'll quickly arrive at the beingness. Dutiful son, doing your chores, you'll get your car. Okay, so that's it. Um, hope that was helpful. That sets the record straight on be, do, have. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. I've done my homework on that to my own satisfaction. And um, I stand by this podcast and uh, use this data. Continue to study the subject. It is uh, again, it has many, many ramifications. I haven't even scratched the surface on the many ramifications that come from B do have these three conditions of existence. They are very, very, very extensive and uh, profound. So I'll leave that up to you to continue your studies in the area. Maybe do another couple of podcasts on this. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and we will be talking again next week.